Yo, what's up, everybody? Billy's got his dance going on. I like that. I like that. I got to step up my moves over here. What's up, everybody? Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Everybody watching live for a very special guest, Nick Riggle, for episode 149. What's going on, Billy? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's afternoon here. Afternoon. That's right. <laughs> Barely, but yeah, afternoon. I'm doing all right. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little, uh, I'm coming down with something. So apologies if I sound a little coarse or whatever, but um it's the time of year everyone's getting sick and everyone's catching something so i must have caught something from somebody but that's true we got some covid going around covid over over here that's too. still a thing yeah. that's still a thing i think so <laughs> apparently apparently they downgraded it but it seems to be <laughs> still a thing but it's not as uh, deadly as it once was but some people I, around town are starting to get a little sick it's that time I, I hope i don't have that it's just a little scratchy throat but we're gonna muscle through it we're gonna have a good show today i'm pumped we're ready to go. Yeah, I'm super pumped. Uh, thank you again, everyone who's joining. It's been a few weeks since we've had a guest on the show. We did a couple of Channel 11s, but because of everything happening in New York with the events and everything after, it's been a while since we've had a guest. So I'm really excited yeah. for this one. And I feel like this person is a hammer. I've been trying to get, I've been trying to get this person on for a little bit now, but this is like a. a I believe this is like a fan favorite, a show favorite, an OG favorite, you know, mm -hmm. Nick Riggle, VG6, Solomon Video, we can go on forever, but this is a true OG, so I'm really excited to, and an innovator, like a, like one of the first innovators, like in, in this, I mean, I guess you can say everyone's an innovator, but I would say like he thought outside of the box in a way where bladers really weren't doing that at the time, so super excited to get into all of this stuff with Nick, but before I do, I just want to say please, if you don't already, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We have a Facebook, you can give us a like. We have an Instagram, you can give us a follow. If you like what you're listening to and you like the show, you can follow us on YouTube. You can subscribe, hit the notification bell. So when we do have a live episode, you get a notification on your phone. We have an iTunes. You can give us a five-star rating. If you like what you're listening to, you can give us a review. And we also have a Patreon. If you would like to support us on the back end, it would be $3 a month. And that gives you exclusive content to our section commentary that we do after the show we would do that with uh nick today but we only have him for a certain amount of time so we're not going to be able to but we have that with a lot of other guests we have trick tips we have exclusive access to asking questions to our guests on our patreon when you want to you get the announcement you hear before anyone else does and you get the opportunity to ask a question and you are also automatically entered to a free drawing to win something from our online store that we do every month that could be a shirt it could be a hat. It could be a mug. So that is my spiel for today. And uh, lovely spiel. Yeah. You haven't lost a, a thing. Thank really. you. Um, I want to give a shout out to our new Patreon supporters this week. We have Ariel Rosales and Jane Osborne. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Um, and we have a WTF before we get going. This is a, a couple weeks old, but we haven't featured it on the show and we can't not feature this clip because it's so ridiculous. We got Diego Diaby by Patreon supporter Chris Deister oh, yeah. with, yeah, this, I guess he claims is the world's first. I don't argue this, but first soul grind to cork 900 out on a street spot. I mean, not a street spot, more like a, a rail on flat ground, not like a vert ramp or anything like that. So if you it's haven't like seen that already, yeah, this is uh, from Anthony Potier's, uh event he had a few weeks ago, which looked insane the turnout is crazy the skate park is wild i forgot what he called the skate park um but it's like a big massive crazy diy almost right. like uh if you give like a five-year-old a crayon and draw like a skate park that's kind of what right. he did here um but a super sick huge turnout 
Julian Cudeau also had a sick one too on this rail, but uh, I just wanted to feature one of them. So we got Diaco on this one and it's wild, laced perfectly, uh, probably a world's first. Yeah. Um. So so this DIY is like a blader DIY, huh? I think I it's... Mean, Anthony, you can tell by the spots. Yeah. yeah, I think Anthony Podier himself like make this... I'm sure he has help with like other friends too, but I'm sure it's... Uh, I think it's primarily rollerblading based. So yeah, all the rails seem to be like round. And uh, he posts all the time on his Instagram, him building all the spots. Uh, so he does a lot of con- contributing to this place. It's it's really sick. Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, I think more rollerbladers should be involved in uh, contributing to like the DIY things instead of just using them. It's cool to like see bladers do it because bladers have their own unique, like there are things only bladers would build because it has like yeah. different abilities than the other sports. So yeah, it's cool. That's cool. He's connected in the community as well. I always see him post pictures, uh, like clips of him, like scooter kids and skateboarders and stuff like that. Uh, because obviously if there's a DIY local in the area, everyone's going to come check it out. So it's kind of cool. It seems like a little hub for all the extreme sports people and they all seem to get along pretty well, which is awesome to see. So shout out to Diaco. Thank you so much uh, for killing it on the blades all these years. I believe we are ready to go. Are we ready to go, Billy, with our guest? Yeah, we're ready to go. I just want to say real quick, just to add to what you were saying, that's a good way to like get uh, involved and meet people in your community. Build a DIY. You know, you get to yeah. know everybody. You'll, yeah, you'll become friends with all the skateboarders and BMXers and scooters. Yeah, even if there is already a DIY from skateboarding or BMX or something like that, like rollerblades can still contribute something to the spot, and that way we all get a piece of the pie. That's right. <laughs> like the Jeffersons. The Pizza pie. Right. Uh, but let's bring in our guest. We have our very special guest this week. Everybody, please welcome Nick Riggle. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Nick. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I know you have a super busy day, but thanks for penciling us in. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for thanks for uh, yeah giving me the opportunity. Uh, I, I I'm a fan, and of course, of your skating, but um, also the podcast. So it's cool to uh, join the crowd. Thank you. Thanks for have, uh, being on the show. This is awesome to have you on here. Yeah, thanks, uh, man. We have a lot to get into, uh, and we have a, a window, so I want to be sure we get to everything. But um, yeah. so much, to- so much to talk about. We have Peld, we have VG6, we have the Solomon mm-hmm. era, we have your life after skating, yeah. and I'm very interested about like your experience in New York City as as well. Because when I was uh, there, I heard you were there, and I was like, oh, I heard people were seeing you around the city, and I never got yeah. to see you, but I was like, oh, I hope I bump into Nick one of these days. But um, so, yeah, yeah I yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know, uh, how did it all uh, start for you? I know you were, I think, either NorCal or Nevada, some sort. I know like the, the skating with the Pelt guys, some of them were from Reno. I think you might have been yeah. up north in Santa Rosa. So how did you get yeah. introduced to this wacky world of rollerblading? Yeah, so I grew up in Santa Rosa, so nor- Northern California. And uh, my friend Andy Kadu got rollerblades in maybe fifth grade. And so that would have been like 1990 or 91. And they were proper branded, you know, brand rollerblades. And with the first time I saw them, I was like, what are those? You know, those look so <laughs> yeah. cool. Because I mean, I think back then, you know, they would have like neon wheels and like blue, blue boots and white frame. You know, they were all over the place and like visually just cool. And, um, and i think the next year maybe i got rollerblades for christmas they were not branded they were kind of they were like these big five sporting good like they didn't even have urethane wheels they had like plastic coated 
plastic wheels. I don't know if you ever encountered this. They were they weren't great, those. but yeah, but they rolled around, and um, you know, I learned how to just kind of jump off stairs and um, mess around. That same year, or like just a year later, we my family moved across town and uh, to the west side of Santa Rosa, where within like a couple months, a cement skate park opened up and I watched it being built and stuff. And I was like, what is that? You know, and um, it was like a couple blocks from my house. And so I, I would skate over there and like watch it being built and then it opened up. And I think we even like snuck in a bit, you know, before it was even open, just tried to roll around and it just became my favorite place in the world. And I, I went there every day and stuff at home was like kind of, kind of mixed. So I, I just like enjoyed being kind of like in, at the park and doing my own thing. And yeah, I got pretty good really fast. I mean, I remember by, you know, that was like seventh grade when that opened maybe. And by, by the end of seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, I was like full on, you know, I, Oh, I think one of the things that really transformed my skating was um, this kid down the street had macro blades with like brand new, like giant wheels. They were like, I don't know, I didn't think they were even bigger than 72s, but they were they were huge and they were like clear and, you know, they were hyper or something. Or I forget the name, but um, I still had these old skates and I had already like worn through the wheels and I was like half of them were just plastic and they were just like busted and uh, I had this flying V guitar that um Sick. I got, like, yeah in the classified ads it was it was kind of, a, kind of a, it had horrible action and um yeah but uh but I but it I liked cool. it, I down on it. Um, this guy uh he liked my guitar and I was like well then trade me for those macro blades dude and so, you know, they were like the three buckles um, and they were just like a thousand times faster than my, like I, I didn't even, they were like unwieldy. It was like riding a, you know, like a sports bike after just uh, being on a cruiser or something. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I, he was like, all right, I'll trade you. And so we traded. And then like the next day he came back and was like, oh, my parents said I have to trade back. You know, we're like, we're like 12 or something. <laughs> um and I was like, no, you can't trade back. Like, you traded. That's it. <laughs> no back. Because I love They were so good. Yeah. And, um, and that was kind of, I had those for a while. And that's where I started, like, really, like, carving through the bowls more and, like, getting some air over the hips and, um, and just, like, really feeling it out. And, you know, I, those didn't, I think I got, I got, you know, by then you could get, like, because those, those skates, I don't think you could really put, like, grind plates on them and stuff. And, Anti-rocker wasn't really a thing yet. And it was just like, once that all started coming out, I got, I got some other skates and yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of the beginning of it all. I, I was saying, I love that you mentioned the plastic wheels. I remember my first skates had plastic wheels too. And that's like something that's unheard of nowadays. And I remember like the seam in the middle of the wheel would crack sometimes and it would just exactly. have like a hollow wheel inside and it should be, yeah. it's kind of like a flat tire. Um, yeah, skate, exactly. I, would, I would imagine skating bowls with that being impossible. Um, yeah, I, I got wanted... to a point where I couldn't really do anything. Like, yeah. Exactly. It'd be good nowadays for like all the sliding swivelly stuff that's happening now. It'd probably be a different story. Um, True. Yeah. My bad, guys. I drank a lot of water before the show, and I didn't go to the bathroom. So I'm just going to leave you here real quick for a minute <laughs> while, I, while I do that. So excuse me. Uh, this is like a jump street first, like the first few minutes into the show. <laughs> um, but it's that's fun. So I would imagine that park is the park that's pretty well, that you skate like pretty famously in VG6, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, 
yeah, that park is in a lot of things that I did, you know, a lot of video sections, it shows up. And um, if you look through the old magazines, you know, it's like, there's a bunch of pictures, a cover of Box Magazine from like 1994 or something, you know, yeah. like really early on. Um, uh, that That's that park. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it was cool. Like, um, you know, rollerblading was new at the time, like, you know, in terms of, especially in terms of, it wasn't new as like a recreational thing, but it was new in terms of like, oh, the rollerbladers are now at the skate park. Like, what's going on with that? Um, yeah, you, you're you obviously like doing it from the beginning. It sounds like 91. That's like, as I think yeah, Chris Edwards brought I mean, in his first rail in November 21st, 91. So yeah, totally like, you know, the inception. I, the hoax came out and I was like, what is that? You know, it was like, I, I was yeah. like there for like all of the, you know, I wasn't, uh, those guys like Mitchell and Edwards and, and Arlo and stuff, they were like a little older, but you know, I look, I absolutely looked up for, to them from the very beginning. And, um, but skating that park was a bit like harrowing cause I was really young and I was rollerblading and the skateboarders were really, uh, initially like really kind of like, there was a lot of animosity towards rollerblading. So it felt like almost a little dangerous sometimes to skate there. Um, but, over the over the first couple of years, I mean, I just I came to know that park so well and to like run lines. The skateboarders weren't running and to just do things. And they, they started to kind of admire my commitment to to that skate park and to like knowing it um, and to being there all the time that, um, you know, after a little while, like the people who were who were mean to me were ones who were outsiders and, and the skateboarders were actually be like, yo, he's cool. Like you know, just watch him skate. <laughs> and then, you know, so the vibe was actually pretty good there um, compared to a lot of other places. That's, re that's really cool that you're, that's really cool yeah. that you were able to break through that because, um, I mean, I've heard stories like it's, I think we had a different experience growing up in New York versus like California in terms of how the skateboarding uh, was with the rollerblading. I, um, yeah. I think like a lot of that uh culture is like comes from like the surfing and then kind of went down to skateboarding so it's like it's kind of like yeah. a my wave culture like you know what i mean and then get off my wave yeah. kind of thing and <laughs> so I, I, I when i first came to totally. california and, and i felt that i was like it was very alien to, to me i was like what what is yeah. that but it's cool yeah. that you were able to uh break through that just by showing up every day and skating and like finding new air ways to skate the park and after a while yeah. people keep showing up and keep showing up especially if you give them a hard time it's pretty hard not to respect them you know yeah i think that's where we that's the place we got to and and you know they would see me like kind of imitating them and their lines and then and then i would take them further because i could you know with my rollerblades i could i could go a little higher and a little faster and they would see that and be like oh dang like you know um that dude that dude rips. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, of yeah. course we got to know each other by name. And, um, but like, I think the, the biggest thing there is that like they influenced my, my sensibility as a skater, like deeply. Mm. Um, so I, you know, I grew up skating cement bowls that didn't have any coping and that were pretty like raw and, uh, doing lines and like, you know, catching air and doing spins and, you know, I could grind, but I wasn't like, and, and I, you know, skated tons of street too, like around, around town. But, um, but my home base was always that skate park. And I think that really shaped my visions for what to skate, you know, even on the streets, I'm kind of like a little bit bored by just like skating a rail or something like that, or doing switch ups, you know, I'm like, I want to go fast. I want to like spin. I want to like jump off stuff. And that, yeah, that was kind of like formative, I think. 
Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say you can you can really tell with that because um, that park just from looking at it, it looks like a lot of tight transitions. It doesn't look like yeah. incredibly inviting for like coping style tricks. There's big rounded edges. It looks like a little chunky. It looks it looks tough to skate if you're like paying attention to it. So if that's where yeah. you're spending most of your time, like you know, not skating like a perfect PRL or perfect coping, and then just having to figure out style, I would imagine that it would have a big influence on on your approach. Yeah, it did. I mean, and yeah, just the terrain and um, the lines and the kind of like, you know, a lot of things were even at that little park, like open ended kind of like, oh, could you jump from this part of the snake run to the other part of the snake run? Or can you do a 360 over this like kind of burly, like mid center thing? Like, um, and it took it took some getting used to, you know, a lot of pros would come to, come through town before I was pro. And just like flounder at that park, you know, and they'd watch me go and like, damn, but it's like, you couldn't, you know, even if you were super good at rollerblading, I remember Randy Spicer coming through, um, you know, way back in the day, 96, maybe. And, um, maybe earlier, I don't know. I can't remember, but, um, but he was kind of, and you know, Randy was good at, at like jump ramps and park and stuff, even, even when he was little. And, uh, he was kind of like, you know, kind of perplexed by the park. Um, cause it just takes, it takes time to get to, to get to know the, all the little bumps and divots and, and, um, you know, the way certain parts kind of launch you and, um, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I feel like the style, the style of those parks are like definitely tough and it kind of like reminds me of like the eighties era where they just like ramps and, but you can definitely tell that it had a, an impact on, on your skating and, and, uh, yeah. And you, you obviously like figure that place out really well. Like I just remember like the, hippie clinch 540s all these like mm -hmm. you had these very <laughs> special things around that yeah. park that was like very cool um, yeah i mean when you're when you're just jumping off like big bowls and like over hips all the time like you know I, I just experimented so much with that and like you know i was doing like late 540s and like bio illusion fakie threes with like a hippie clinch, like stuff that like i don't even know if it ever got filmed but like it's like some of the hardest tricks i ever did were just at that park like just yeah. me skating like you know i don't know if anyone even saw them sometimes you know and and i think also like you know the wheelies and and stuff um i mean a lot of that was from skateboarding i mean because uh you know i would see a huge contrast when i'd skate at that park between what the skateboarders thought was like interesting from what i was doing and what the rollerbladers thought was interesting and there was this kind of funny time in the you know, mid to late nineties, early two thousands, where I, uh, I think a lot of, I don't want to put this too crudely, but you know, there was a lot of anxiety among rollerbladers about, you know, looking like too, um, effeminate or too kind of, you know, getting that kind of, I feel like they had like skateboarders in the back of their mind. Like, oh, I don't want to be critiqued. I want to like right. look cool all the time. And like, try to look like I'm, you know, doing like overcompensating really stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like overcompensation. Over yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Finding and, an identity. Yeah. And so like, like wheelies on the rollerblading end were like thought to be part of the like things to avoid, you know, those look, mm. don't look cool. Those are like too rollerblading y or something. Mm. And, um, but when I was doing them at the skate park, trying to do like, you know, I think I was the first one to do like wheelie switch ups and stuff and like spin into wheelies and spin out. And, um, 
And uh, when when I did that at the skate park, skateboarders loved that shit. They were like, "Whoa, what is that? Like, we've never seen that. You've never seen you do that. Like, keep doing that." And yeah, I was like, "Yeah, it's funny. super fun." But when I do this in competitions, people are like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you jumped into. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm sorry because I want to kind of grow off this point yes. for a second yeah, because definitely. it's something I wanted to get to. Um, but. Yeah, I was I was going to mention that because I, I think also when I was younger and I was like, uh, like it took me a few years to like really appreciate your skating fully because when I was yeah. younger, I was like really captivated by like big drops, like huge rails, like, you know, when yeah. you're like a young teenager or adolescent preteen um, and you're kind of like the extreme side, right? <laughs> like whatever the, the, yeah. the world is pr- promoting in that way. And um, it took me till I was older to like understand your skating. But during that time, blading had like, like you said, like a very strong ethos of like how to, Hey, we're this, we're, we're, we're tough. Believe us, please believe us. We're not gay Mm -hmm. or we're not, we're not effeminate or whatever. It was kind of like the attitude um, because of like trying to compensate for whatever uh, criticism or critiques we were getting from skateboarding, but you and your crew, like you, Andy Kiddo, like Mike Burke, Eric Burke. Oh, I, I yeah. feel like you always were like out of that. You were like the first crew that was kind of like putting a middle finger up to even the blading ethos, like in, in your own way. So um, yeah. I was I, I was wondering, like, was like the park a big influence of that? Or was like, what was the, the yeah. mentality behind all that? And I think that takes courage, too, also to like. Yeah. do that in the face of what's popular in blading so if you can get into that for a bit yeah i mean i think it was like uh it was kind of a perfect storm of of talent and like and like creativity and just like vision where um it was a there was a uh there was a there, um this local skate shop called get in line used to run an, this all-night skate thing at the like at the in this like big hangar in this local fairground and like um, people would come like TJ Weber and Michael Palick and like big names would come and we'd just like skate all night. And um, actually I got my first sponsor because uh, Ginger Conrad from Kryptonics was there kind of like scouting and I was just showing off as hard as I could. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we hooked up and, you know, she she gave me uh, some wheels and put put me on like a flow thing. And then that was my first like, well, I'm getting free wheels. This is awesome. Because mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, but those events were really uh, were really cool. And. And uh, one of them, this is like 94, 95, and um, one of them, uh, Eric and Mike Burke came. And um, I just, we immediately clicked. Like, it was the first time I met them, and I didn't even really know who they were. Like, I, Eric was like a vert skater, and I was like watching him skate vert, but then he would like, he would do some stuff on these little like handrails, and I thought that was cool. And we were just kind of like eyeing each other and like skating together a bit, and like, we were like, huh. Let's skate more. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was kind of my combination of like the sort of park perspective on street or like this, the weird like cement bowl perspective on street. And like um, the sort of like I was trying to do all these like bio 720s and um, and uh, and other like spins and misty flips and stuff. And Eric was like he just had this creativity about him, this kind of like natural um, creative insight on street and, and on and on ramps and stuff and I don't know just like it was kind of like I think he and I just like clicked in this way that gave us um, yeah this kind of different perspective on 
what would be interesting or what would be fun. Um, I think fun was a big part of it. Peld was just like a big fun thing um, that like, you know, it's Paul Soldate and Andy Cadu and um, as a skate crew, you know, Mike Choley and we like just had a ton of fun together. And I think part of our vibe was that, you know, like as much as we respected like all the hammers and stuff, you know, it just wasn't as fun. <laughs> like it was way more fun to find a weird spot and like or roll off a roof or, um, you know, do like a wheelie to a grind or see what's up with negatives. Um, and so we were always just kind of like creatively exploring. And, and I think our, you know, whatever innovations we did add to the kind of lexicon, like I think came from just this like collective spirit of like, let's mess around and have fun and, and, you know, not be anxious about what rollerblading is and just like be rollerbladers and try to like see what we can do with these things. Um, yeah. That's, that's so cool. It, it took me like, it took me like 20 years of skating to, to, to discover that kind of fun. Like, you yeah. know, like I think when I first started, it was a lot of it was about like, especially in like New York and our environment, we were like, Oh, respect, prove yourself to get to the, it was like about like getting to, yeah like that kind of thing at least in the 90s and, and like late 90s when we were kind of going yeah. around and um but it's it's just so cool to have like your base like evolve be like what's fun and then see what develops out of that and yeah. to see like everything that was created out of that was you know i think at the time you were like the first one doing a lot of this stuff and like there was always like when I would watch your skin, I would always like love like the big fives and all these things. But like the the heroes things, I, I had to get older and deeper into skating or have a more refined idea of it to really get what was happening. And now I look back and I'm like, wow, this is like really impressive, like super futuristic stuff, like innovative stuff that people are really applying today. Have you, have you like seen like a lot of that yeah. stuff kind of gone further than it's been in like the past few years? Yo, I mean, I couldn't be happier as like a spectator because like, um, I mean, that's basically what I, I do. I do rollerblade a little bit, but um, I hurt my neck about a year and a half ago and it's been hard to kind of come back from that. It's like a, I have a lot of neck damage from a fall I had when I was like 19. Um, I fell like directly onto my head and uh, it didn't, it's not aging well. I'm like 42 now. So, um, so I kind of like, I was skating a bunch about a year and a half ago and then I just like tweaked my neck and I tried to come back from it, but it's been hard. But anyway, so I'm more of a spectator and um, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like I, I, it's like a dream come true. I can't even emphasize that enough. Like, you know, I don't know, like in the two, in the early 2000s, like 2008, 10, whatever, um, you know, there was the mushroom bladers were doing all kinds of cool stuff. I was super excited about that. Um, and uh, but I mean, it's just gone to a place that I could never have imagined it going like with I mean, the way Broscow is skating or like Colin Martin and the Kelso brothers and like and you guys like I just can't even like it's truly a dream come true to watch this level of innovation. It's like stuff that I, you know, stuff that I wanted to do, like in my dreams, I'm seeing people do now. And I'm just like, I can't, it's just like, I feel so lucky. Cause it's like, wow, rollerblading came into its own in a way that I always wanted it to. Um, and I'm just like watching it happen on Instagram and stuff. And it's just like, so fun to watch. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm like in the middle of my, I'm a professor now. So like, I'm in the middle of my like low key professor life, like you know, dropping my phone out of excitement in my office. Like what the, I <laughs> think the latest one was Brasco doing that. Like, what did he do? It was like, 
Like Ali uh, so it's, it's like, a, he did the soul grind to toe roll, to Ali to, toe roll, to back yes, to the soul. Yeah, yeah. To Ali soul. I was just like, I couldn't believe it, dude. I was like, yeah. this is just Yeah. Um Yeah, you're you're like a big part of that kind of movement, I guess. And I'm, during this whole conversation, I was I'm, about to say, and, and, and I don't mean to cut you off. I was about to say, I think he was like one of the first mushroom bladers. If you yeah, think about it, but, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm thinking yeah. about too. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, you're going through the whole story of everything, and it all seems so natural. It's just you and your buddies hanging out, skating, just skating the way you want to skate. And looking back on it, during the whole history of skating, from starting from the '90s, whatever, people like you, Chris Edwards, you know, Eric Burke, always doing yeah. like these toe roll things, weird variations. Um, unusual tricks. Yeah. It's always been there in skating, but it just never yeah. stuck for some reason. There's always been somebody throughout every generation of skating in the last like 30 years, whatever, who has done this, but it never really stuck until recently. And we all go yeah. through the whole like uh, mantra of like, we were trying to be like super masculine, like speaking of the rush, uh, mushroom blading guys, we had Joey McGarry on the show and he used to make a joke yeah. saying that back in the day, they used to be like, oh, look how heterosexual we are. Like that's how like <laughs> skating was at a time. But but now like Please we're just, us. yeah, now we're just only realizing that all this stuff is fun and it just makes no yeah. sense because people have been doing this forever and we're only now realizing it's fun. Why do you think that people yeah. overlooked that style of skating for so many decades? I mean, I think, you know, it's oh, a great question. I mean, so um, maybe I can talk quickly about the mushroom blading thing, because um, it just popped into my mind when you were saying that. Um, that term came from Andy Cruz. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys know that story, but probably it's out there. But um, Tell it anyway. Uh, yeah, so Andy Andy Cruz, you know, was watching the way that, that we were skating, and he was like, you guys are mushroom bladers. It's like you're blading on mushrooms. And he <laughs> called, uh, like, Latimer was an acid blader. And he had like you know drug names for every <laughs> um, for every skating style, and um, it's funny. And we were kind of like, oh, we we like that, you know. I like we that kind of like stuck because um, you know it wasn't uh, totally incorrect. I mean, we obviously we weren't like on mushrooms, um, but like we I think we did have that kind of like creative perspective on on things. Um, and. Uh, yeah. So sorry, what, I lost the thread. You were you were asking me um, about. Yeah, I was just um, saying because because that quote mushroom blading style of skating has been yeah. around since the beginning. Everyone's been doing yeah. it. There's always been somebody yeah, doing why, it. Yeah. Why? Like why? Why did why, that become? Kind how of did that not? Yeah. Nobody ever yeah. openly hated on it that I could remember anyway. But yeah. it just never stuck for some reason. And now yeah. all of us who have been in the game for since the '90s are like in the last few yeah. years finally realizing this is like a cool, fun way to skate. It like how did how was like it overlooked so plus. long? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, are we only now maturing now, like thirty years in. Is that why I mean, skating think, failed you know, over all these years? I mean, I think it took skateboarding that long, right? It took skateboarding probably twenty-five years to like really. It wasn't until the you know mid to late nineties where it really started, kind of becoming this new thing that was fully developed. And I don't know, maybe maybe it's just the timeline for for rollerblading, and maybe it was even a little harder because you know they got a boost in the nineties that. You know, our boost would have been equivalently like what 2010 early, but we've just been kind of like underground for a while still, and um, doing you know rollerbladers doing their own thing with their with their own means, and you know lacking that kind of big time like media and financial support. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah, I think maybe it's, it is that just kind of self exploration when when like you're not in the limelight, you're just trying to like keep doing this thing that you love and exploring it and finding like. Oh, you know what? Like this thing I've overlooked is actually really fun. Like, 
you know, the thing is, if you're doing wheelies switch ups or like spins into wheelies and spins out and stuff, you can skate in a tennis court. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty fun. Like, if, if you if you just have like a little platform, like, you know, and skateboarders, I feel like always had that um, that ability to just like skate flat ground. And we always thought we needed like a 12 rail or like, you know, a giant ramp or something. And now we're seeing that like, okay, you don't need to do hammers. Like, I mean, you know, what what was that thing that Brosco did one of the coolest tricks I've ever seen, you know, and that was on what? Yeah. Like a little curb up and like a little stairs. edge. Yeah, two stairs. You know, there's like nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think there's power there. It's empowering to see that like, oh, wow, you can get super technical without having to find a 35 foot long rail that you can do 20 switch ups on. Like um, you can just like skate a little edge or, or, you know, I mean, the best example of this is what, is all the mushroom blading videos. I mean, look at what they're skating, you know, and, and tell me there's not just pure joy in that. And like, and they're doing it together. There's community, there's, there's technical innovation. You can take pride in what you're doing. Like, I mean, why not? And just embrace all yeah. of that in rollerblading. I mean, it, it really brings out the richness of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think, I think that's, it's uh, especially like the, the way they did it, like uh, the mushroom blader guys is like the way they approached it. Yeah. And like, the access to joy it's it's more of this like that the, the joy of rolling and like yeah. exploring that way it's 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 a much different experience than you know being in front of a handrail and like trying to get all hyped up and stuff yeah. like that but i mean both have their totally. value but i yeah I, d- I definitely see uh how that is definitely much more like connected to like pure joy and enjoyment yeah of having the wheels on your feet yeah i mean there's there's like real thrill in in throwing down hammers you know i i grew up once I became pro, I was on the Solomon team with Aaron Feinberg from the very beginning. Oh wow! And so I got to, you know, it's like me and Aaron Feinberg. There's no, there's the most polar opposite yeah. skating styles in the nineties, you know, Vinnie Mitten in the mix too. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, like we, team, we had the spectrum on that team and we definitely. together designed that skate, um, oh. with the, with the Solomon engineers, like, um, from, from really early on. And, wow. um, and so I'm sitting here like watching him do things that, literally were unfathomable to me like so technical so hard so dangerous like that dude would take so many risks and um and it was amazing uh but you know it just had this other character this other kind of like flavor of just like power and kind of machismo and and coolness and you know we were over (laughs) i was over there like trying to do you know 180 heel roll to dark side topsoil or you know Mm -hmm. something like a little more low key, but also kind of like technical and interesting. And um, yeah, so it, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you, you see, you see a lot of that now because there was a time where everyone kind of skated the same. You go to like a, a rail, and everyone would just skate the rail and session the rail. But now you go to a spot. Yeah. Everyone's so diverse now. You go to the same spot, and everybody finds something different to skate there. And that's like something that's way more common now yeah. than it was before. It sounds like exactly what you're explaining with you and Aaron. And you just, yeah, totally. You just said something that I didn't even know was a thing. Like you guys designed the Solomon skate. I didn't know that you were a part of that. I would love yeah. to get into what went into that because yeah. as you probably know, that's one of the most uh, sought after and, you know, popular skates of our entire, like, still the best skate, man. Still the best skate. Exactly. So good. What went uh, into that? So like, where did that, where did that come from? Where did the concept come from? What went into yeah. making that skate and what made it so special? Well, Actually, so I already I already sort of foreshadowed it a bit. So Ginger Conrad, who I mentioned, she was working for Kryptonics. Um, and I met her early on, and she, she put me on flow for Kryptonics in, like, 94 or something, um, maybe 95. But um, 
she went to work for Solomon because they wanted to get into the rollerblading industry. And she was like, she was hired, I think, as a kind of like team manager, as a kind of like team builder. Um, and uh, she got a bunch of people together to start doing R&D on the Solomon skates. So um, the Solomon engineers, I mean, Solomon has just brilliant engineers. I mean, their hiking boots are the best. Like they're just so comfortable, their ski boots. And um, so they knew what they were doing and they had the, they had the money behind it too. And um, she got it together. Uh, she got together me, uh, uh, Matt Andrews, Aaron Feinberg, I think Jake Elliott, he might've come a little later. Um, I think Mikey Burke was there for a bit. Um, but like, like a handful of us, um, and, uh, we would go down to Santa Monica every, I can't remember how frequently, but every few months, like maybe every six months and, um, they would have prototypes and we have over two or three days, we would just skate all day and like, okay, try this prototype. And then we'd fill out surveys and discuss and they tweak them right on, on, on the site. And then we'd go out skate again okay were they comfortable is the sole plate big enough like what do you think of this what do you think of that is it is the ankle too high is the ankle too low like every little aspect was researched and developed um over over several sessions um in santa monica in annecy which is where solomon is in france and um and we'd go to we'd go there and skate we'd go to switzerland and skate um in paris a bit so yeah we we actually like developed that skate over over a long period of time before it was finally released um, through like millions of little tweaks. Like the, you know, I remember one session was just on the heel pad um, and like, should it be thicker? Is it, is it too long? Is it too short? Should we use this material, that material? And um, uh, in this, this engineer, Renee, we were working with was also just like super fun and, and, and brilliant. And, um, and yeah, it was just like a good group. And, and we all had kind of like different perspectives on skating and, and, um, and you know the result of that was the uh, whatever the ST9 or whatever it was, um, and uh, and then when that came out, you know they selected some of us to be on the on the pro team and, and just kind of went from there. Oof. It's so, it's so cool to like uh, think about when blading and companies have like the resources to put that kind of R and D into products, and you could spend yeah. like a whole whatever week focusing on like the sole plate, and then like you just oh, like yeah. check that off the list and keep on like working your way down the list to like. It's no, it's a, it's definitely not a shock that if that was their approach, why they still have a skate that people love to this day, you know? Yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it just hits so many marks. I mean, it's, it's so comfortable. It's so light. It's, um, you know, you can put it brand new on your foot and you feel like you're ready to go. Like that's pretty unique. Like you don't really feel like you break it in, you break it in and it feels even better. Um, and yeah, they also just had the resources. I mean, they paid us a salary, uh, you know, once we were on the pro team, we got paid to do the R and D too. I can't remember what that was, but, um, but like we were salaried, they, we, they put us in every competition. We travel around the world tons. Like that kind of like opportunity is, is, is amazing. And it was pretty unique so far in the history of rollerblading. I hope that changes, but. Mm -hmm. No, d definitely. I, I remember even just like seeing the Solomon videos of, of uh, you guys like traveling around Europe. I think you had might've had some buses or vans or special treatment kind of stuff yeah. over there. And it, yeah. it was definitely, it was definitely like looking in, like that was the kind of stuff as like me as a young skater aspiring to be sponsored as a, yeah. that's like, whoa, that's, that's where we got to get, you know, that's the goal there. So that they yeah. definitely had that, some of that out there. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, we were we were going all over the world, man. Like we, if you look at my focus section, I know you, you know I can see this, but other people can't. Like every clip is in a totally different part of the world. It goes wow. from like Japan to Germany to France to you know some parts of the U.S. to Canada. To, like it's literally just like every clip is a different zone. <laughs> like it's, yeah. And you know that was us. We were traveling around. They bought us all like these Canon digital cameras and. You know, everywhere we went, if it was for a competition or a tour, like we would just go out and film and, um, you know, we had so much fun with all that stuff. Yeah, that, 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 that's that's so cool um, to see. And I, I, I would imagine that especially like and, and, and I want to mention in a, in a second, uh, like uh, your life after skating, you know, philosophy and NYU and, and these things. And I would imagine like having the exposure yeah. to travel the world. I mean, for me, that's that was like the best education I ever had, like being able to, well, one, growing up in New York City was an like amazing education, but also two, oh, yeah. traveling traveling the world and being able to like be exposed to all the different cultures, just like, and I, I would oh, imagine man. as someone who got into philosophy that had pretty much, like probably had a big impact, right? It, it was huge, yeah. So I dropped out of high school to do all this, you know, that I described. Wow. I mean, um, at age 15, I was getting you know, Solomon was sending me to Paris and Barcelona. Wow. And I was like, you know, I was at this point where I would, you know, this is what I always, the story I always tell, but, you know, I remember getting a D in PE while my PE teacher was bragging about seeing me on ESPN. <laughs> um, and I'm like, why am I getting a D? And she's like, well, you're not here, you know, you're not here running the mile and stuff, doing the assignments. And I'm like, I'm literally a uh, fourth in the world. Like, <laughs> could you maybe give me credit for that? Like, um, uh, you know, in the in the pro tour rankings, I, I was really high because I was I did pretty well and like I went to like a lot of competitions, so it just bumped me up and um, and so I got to the point where you know my parents didn't you know hadn't gone to college and they weren't really like that was not a pressure point in my family. They didn't we were like, you have to go to college or else blah, blah, blah. And so I was getting all these opportunities to do things that like they could never provide for me, like the funding to like travel around the world. So they were totally cool with me um, dropping out and uh, giving me those opportunities. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, but in all the downtime, I was like, I like really want to read. And you know, cause when you're traveling that much, I mean, um, Sorry, is that my? I feel like there's a little feedback. I just want to make sure. It's is that feedback? Way. It sounds like a train's passing by. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Cool. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Maybe that is feedback. I don't Those know. are the like. I think the sirens are going on in my neighborhood, and their dogs howling. So. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> okay, that's what that is. Okay. It's yeah. Good so uh, with all the downtime, I mean, I'm like, you know, waiting for airplanes on trains, like on a tour bus. Um, uh, I was just reading a lot. I really wanted to read and. Uh, kind of like educate myself and um i was like studying music composition i think there's a clip in one of the solomon videos where i'm like on a bus like with a notepad like i'm literally studying like i remember that music composition um <laughs> and like that's the kind of shit i was doing you know on the buses and stuff and yeah i just kind of like i was reading literature and about like the world's religions and um and science fiction and just kind of a lot of reading and became this kind of little autodidact as i was like touring touring the world skating and ultimately just kept returning to philosophy and kept being like man i really like this philosophy stuff i'm like thinking about it and um uh, it kind of doesn't leave my mind and i want to keep following up on things and and so yeah around age 20 21 um 
you know, this is when like 2001, 2002, like, you know, rollerblading is kind of hitting this, like something's happening. You can tell like it's kind of slowing down. Um, but at the same time, like my parents had divorced and I was kind of like, oh, I need to do something with my life. Um, and, you know, it's, it's that point that a lot of us reach in rollerblading where you can kind of decide to double down on the industry and like start something. Um, you know, I, I really, I actually even started Peld as a company. Um, I like and registered it and like I had merch and I was going to like, I had some like thoughts about wheel designs and I was really thinking about starting Peld as a, as a legit company. And um, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I didn't really have family members who were like business influences. I didn't really know anything about it. And I felt like I wanted to study philosophy. And so I just was like, look, I'm like 20. I'm going to go to college, community college. My local community college is really good and study philosophy. And I can skate. I can skate when I can skate and I'll still have time to skate. And, um, and I just kind of started down that path instead of, you know, starting a business in, in the, in the industry. And yeah, I just kind of like, I was just hooked. Like I was so nervous about going to, I was so nervous about going to community college because I had no identity as a scholar or as a school student. You know, I, I, I dropped out of high school in my junior year, but I did not care about school. <laughs> I did okay because I, you know, I was a conscientious student when I was, when I was there, but I mean, the skate park was literally across the street from my high school. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, let's, let's like, let's go. I don't care about this. I'm yeah. going to go skate. Um, and then I started traveling a lot. So I'd miss a lot of school. And, but so I, when I started community college, I just had no sense of my ability uh, at all. Uh, and I didn't know if I would fail. And um, I didn't have much guidance because my parents hadn't gone to college. I just felt really kind of like anxious and alone. And um, I think a lot of first gen students feel that way. Um, and uh, but yeah, I did really well in my first semester, and then I did really well in my second semester, and I actually got straight A's all through community college, and and then I was able to transfer to Berkeley, where I also got straight A's, and yeah, I just realized okay, like I can do this, you know, I'm gonna, and I love it, and so I'm just gonna kind of keep going, and and yeah, um, I did, I applied to grad school and got into NYU, and spent about seven or eight years in the city. Ah, that's why you were yeah, there. yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember hearing through the um, through the pipeline that you were at NYU, and then maybe you were teaching. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to ask about that, but I real quick, I just want to touch on like um, the whole Peld crew. Yeah, like all went on to do really cool things. Like, um, yeah. you know, Eric was like this, like became this super cool artist, and I know Andy totally. and you guys dabbled with music for a while like Choli was like surfing yeah. and traveling the world and you know going yeah. like these cool surf just like the the personalities that like whatever was in the crock pot when you guys were like all hanging out it really developed yeah. like some cool thinking people but um yeah. yeah yeah we kind of like I don't know I feel like it's not it's not quite accurate but like we like worshiped creativity you know there was just this mm. thing in the air like we it's not like we wanted to be creative. We just knew how fun it was to like be creative. And so I feel like we were always just like, what, what can we creatively do? <laughs> and I feel like whenever we got together, it was like, oh, we're, we're making music or we're making a video edit or we're doing art or we're, you know, if it wasn't skating, it was really, it was something else. Like we were, I mean, we'd, we'd do pranks, we'd fuck around. Like we, we did all kinds of like fun, weird shit. Um, we would like 
the Burks were really good skiers, and when they, yeah. I think, I mean, I'm sure they still are. Um, but uh, you know, they they brought that same energy to skiing, and um, yeah, and I just think that like. I don't know that that was really formative for all of us. And, you know, although we've gone our separate ways over the years, like uh, we're still kind of like that spirit, I think is still, still in us. There's another plug for mushroom blading, you know, like, come on, <laughs> put it in your heart. Like you will grow. <laughs> yeah. No, it, 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 it's, it's so, it's, it's so cool to see that. And then like, so when I heard you were in uh, NYU, like doing philosophy, I was like, it make, it makes sense. So did, did you end up like, um, how was your experience in New York as someone from yeah. Santa Rosa? Like you're immersing yourself in New York. And, and if I'm not mistaken, you were teaching out there a little bit as well, right? A little bit. Yeah. Well, so um, I went there for my doctorate. So I got my PhD at NYU uh, in, over six years. And then I lectured there for, I lectured there sometimes over the summers. And then uh, once I graduated, I spent a year lecturing there um, while I was like trying to get an academic job. And um, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I, I really, I feel like I thrived in, in New York City. Uh, I don't know, like my cosmopolitan upbringing, you know, I mean, kind of by, by like age 14, I was like traveling around the world like yeah. frequently. I mean, like literally every month I was going somewhere and gone for a couple of weeks. A month. Um, and then to, to, to land in New York where, you know, I was on stipend at NYU, like they were paying me some money and, um, I didn't need that much money. I was just enjoying the city. And this is like, you know, I landed there in 2007 when I feel like we were, New York, the city was just thriving. Like Brooklyn was super fun. And it was, yeah. you know, um, I lived with uh, Eric Burke for a bit in Bed-Stuy. And um, he was there doing some art school stuff for a while. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was just amazing. I met my wife. Um, we still feel really like bonded to to New York City, and and then I'd go. It's funny because like I'd go out rollerblading, um, always by myself because I just didn't really know that many people. And um, but every once in a while, I'd run into like bladers. Um, one time at the the Chelsea Piers Park, um, I ran into a whole crew, and um, I think they filmed a little spot of me. Uh, and then uh, this other time, I was skating in Carroll Gardens, and this is the weirdest experience. Um, I'm skating in Carroll Gardens, just kind of like skating this little platform with two stairs and doing doing wheelies and little grinds and stuff. And um, I look down the street and I see this guy and I'm like, man, damn, that looks like Jan. You know this guy, Jan Welsh, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, what the hell? And I keep looking and I'm like, it's literally, it's him just walking down the street. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why is Nick Riggle just like randomly, it was a super random spot. Like it wasn't like, it was like, the most side streets of all side streets and uh, and like that we just somehow met on the street but yeah um i didn't i didn't blade a ton over those those years but um i definitely have been blading more since i got to san diego like eight years ago but um yeah yeah that's the joy of new york just running into random people all the time it's yeah. just like part of the city what it is everyone's always here no matter whether you yeah. live here or not it's just like it happens especially with skating too i mean that was completely random but that's uh, yeah. that's one of the beauties of being in the city, which I'm glad that you experienced totally. that. Um, oh, I actually, actually speaking of, sorry, I just remembered this. Okay. Uh, when I first started dating my wife, uh, my, my now wife, my girlfriend at the time, or I don't even know if we were boyfriend, girlfriend at the time, but we went to this party in uh, South Williamsburg, like under the BQE. And it was like one of these, I don't know, super hipster parties at the time. Um, <laughs> but it's like way late. It's like 2 a.m. We're walking out. We're trying to get on the train. And... Um, and these like kids start 
walking by us, just a group of kids. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I was like in my mid to late twenties, but these kids were maybe like 18, 19. Um, and they like stop and they're like, holy shit, that's Nick Riggle. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm not even close to in that mode of like, I'm a rollerblader. Like, hey. yeah. um, so far, I'm just like with my wife, you know, we're like a little buzzed and it's like 2 a.m. And, yeah. and she was like so impressed, you know, she was like, how do kids just like stop you on the street? Like, that's amazing. Um, and I was like, all right, that worked out in my favor. Yeah, those kids, those kids might have helped you seal the deal. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Very um, cool. I, I know that you you just explaining that you went to NYU and you weren't really that in tune with skating at the time. Like it's not it's not like you were like back in the pro days, whatever. Um yeah. but did your take on philosophy change your skating or like how did it change your skating? Because I know you were kind of getting into it during that time when you were pro, it seems like. Yeah. I would say it's the other way around. Like my take on skating, I think, has influenced my approach to philosophy. Um, philosophy is a pretty, I don't know, in a lot of ways, it's a pretty rigid discipline. I mean, there's a lot of kind of rules and, and ways of going wrong and doing it poorly. And you really have to watch out for that I mean, to do it well. And um, I think as a result, it makes it harder to be creative or harder to feel like you're carving a your own lines, you know, like rolling your own path. And um, especially in a way that's like, you know, philosophy I think is also a very communal thing like like rollerblading is, but you wanna do it in a way that isn't like alienating, that like brings other people into the ways you're thinking. And um, I feel like I did that with rollerblading and I feel like, you know, I always want to be doing that with, with philosophy. I do feel like it's harder, but um, also, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not at the beginning of philosophy, right? There's a lot of tradition that I, I'm, I'm working with and within. Um, whereas at rollerblading, in rollerblading, it was like no one was doing that stuff, and I was at the beginning, and I got had that luck, you know. But uh, but no, I do feel like my the spirit of my skating, I hope, shows up in in my philosophy to you know not just to a little extent. Like I hope it's there, like um, uh, you know kind of somewhat profoundly, maybe. Um, I think it would take a very unique person to be able to recognize that, right? Someone who kind of knows what I was up to in skating and, and, and also is able to like follow what I'm doing in philosophy. But, um, but maybe some, maybe someone will, will see that. <laughs> Definitely. I got you there. It's a, uh, once you said, once I asked you that question, you were like, no, it's the other way. My skating influenced my philosophy. Sense. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, that I, makes I, perfect sense. I heard a gasp in the crowd of online viewers that we had um, watching right now. But yeah, we know oh. you have to, to go in a little bit, but we want to give our, our... I'm good. Yeah, I've got I've got a good 30 minutes at least. Yeah, so... Okay, we nice. want to make sure we give our uh, audience an opportunity to ask questions and stuff like that, if that's Ooh. cool with you. Um, are you going to jump into that, Billy? Yeah, I I, 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 I want to jump into the questions from the audience. I don't know if we have any for Patreon. Uh, everyone who's watching right now, please, uh, if, if you know, and I know you heard me say it before, hit the like button. It helps us. But um, before we get into the questions, I just wanted to just touch really quick on your friendship with Eric Burke, because I wasn't aware that you lived with him in Brooklyn. And it's so funny, like when you're I, like, I've had this experience with uh, John Bellino, like we've skated together and then gone on to like yeah. play music and been in bands together and then like it's kind of like this friendship transcends like through like different uh cultures subcultures and then it like that's yeah. there and it, it seems like that exists between you and eric and eric i'm like 
I would love to have him on the show and I'm super fascinated with him. I think, I think the guy rode his bike from Portugal to like Denmark. The guy is just very Damn. interesting person, but I was curious, do, do you guys still have a friendship and do you guys keep in touch? Yeah, unfortunately we don't, man. I wish, I wish we did. We kind of lost touch. Um, after we lived together in Bed-Stuy, I mean, there was never like a falling out or anything. I think we just kind of like, you know, kind of went our own ways and did our own things and just haven't really like connected much over the last, I don't know, 10, 10 years or so. Um, yeah, it's a, I think it's a bit unfortunate, but um, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, well, so, sorry to put you on the spot. I felt like the answer was going to be the other way. <laughs> I, but, I know, uh, <laughs> I know. I, I would have thought, but yeah, some, yeah, for some reason, yeah, it's just kind well, of like it's kind of drop off. Yeah, you know that your fatherhood, traveling life, you know, like things happen, and then next thing you know, years pass. So I could, I can get a sense for that as well. And, for sure, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but I think for at the moment we're going to open it up for questions. Uh, I've asked our live audience if they have. Uh, any questions? Austin, do we have anything in the Patreon? Yeah, we got a couple of Patreon questions. We'll start with this while people get their questions in in the live chat. Um, first one from Tim Parker on Patreon who asks, uh, what are you pursuing in the way of music nowadays? Your music was always super inspirational back in the day. Oh, man, that's nice to hear. Thank you for saying that. Um, nothing, sadly. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so these days my music is more um, playing guitar for my boys. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and uh, they're super like naturally musical. My three-year-old Wolf loves to dance, and uh, he he like tries to play guitar and he drums and like he's just like super attuned to like rhythm and, and music. So and sing, he likes to sing. Um, so far, he's really mostly into like obscure uh, like chicago indie punk music so um see where that goes very specific yeah <laughs> yeah um he loves this band dead d-e-h-d oh dead yeah yeah uh but uh but yeah i mean i i don't really um i don't really play music much i mean my my creative side is um pretty pretty satisfied through philosophy but i also uh, finished a novel fairly recently, and I'm kind of trying to um, sell that uh, with with a with my um, my my literary fiction agent. So um, so yeah, maybe maybe look out for that. I wrote a I wrote like a little song that's like a theme song for the novel, but that's the last mm -hmm. thing I I wrote, which is just a very uh, I, I don't know if that will ever see the light of day because that's <laughs> just more personal, but. Um, but yeah, uh, the music was, you know, a bit of bit of the past, I guess. I guess we could say um, Andy Cadu, who was my partner in Mellow Minds, um, is still making really cool music. And um, uh, check it out, um, Drew Cadu, Drew I think he goes by. Very cool. Um, yeah, that, that that that's that's interesting to hear um, that he's still doing the music. Like I was, I was wondering yeah. about that, especially like the Mellow Minds. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, you're talking to a bunch of drummers here, uh, Nick. Uh, so, so, nice. so, so hobbyist, yeah, but yeah, yeah, hobbyist, right exactly. But yeah. I feel like the yeah. music just never leaves you. Um, even if you take a break for a little bit, is you always have that itch. It's I guess similar to skating too. Totally. It's very, very, oh, very yeah. relatable. Same thing. Yeah, no, I mean my my guitar, you know, the one I've had for years, a Taylor Eight Ten, is 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 like on the wall in Wolf's room. So he's always looking at it. And hmm. if we're just messing around, I'll pull it down and show him show him some things and stuff like that. But there you go. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Cool. Um, we have another question on Patreon from 
same boat who says uh philosophy meets rollerblading oh nice excited for this one i would love to hear dr riggle speak on what he currently finds most interesting aesthetically in skating or perhaps most beautiful um which philosophers or concepts have influenced him the most and if he has any tricks for my students ages 12 to 14 to help them express their individuality and become awesome thank you guys there's a, a lot question. in there. There's a lot in there, but that's, those are great questions, all of them. Wow. That's really a sweet, a sweet question that hits all my, hits all my nodes. Um, <laughs> the skating, got the philosophy, got the teaching. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess first, so what's it, most interesting in aesthetic? Yeah, in, in skating, skating, I mean. Or most beautiful. I think, you know, we kind of covered it with like, I mean, I'm just like, I am a full stand for Broskow um, and, and the Kelsos <laughs> and just like, you know, everything they're doing, just like just is the best and i can't can't wait to watch more and, and and watch the things that they've done again so yeah that would be that would stand out for me um and then uh yeah influentially in in in, in philosophy um i would say that the philosopher i sort of think about the most these days um sort of from the history of philosophy is frederick schiller um, who I am very excited to be teaching next week um, here at the University of San Diego. Um, so Schiller wrote a series of essays in the 1790s and um, kind of, I think, kind of culminated in um, the letters, um, which, so the uh, letters on the aesthetic education of mankind. And uh, I've written, I've co-written some papers on on those letters and um, with, with the philosopher Samantha Mathern at Harvard. And um, yeah, it's just kind of still on my mind. It's influenced where my work has gone a bit. Um, I think of some of my stuff as kind of Schillerian in a way. So um, yeah, I would say Schiller's the Schiller's the guy. And then aside from Schiller, like just um, I don't know, you know, like in skating, you have your your crew and and your people, and they they support you and they uh, admire you and they help you develop your style and um, encourage you, and, and you do the same in turn and. You know, uh, that's that's also true in philosophy, and and so I have my my kind of crew and um, people who you know, help me think through things and read papers of mine and comment on drafts, and um, I would say they they are also a big influence um, on me their their ways of thinking, um, which you know again like skating they can be really different ways of skating different ways of thinking um, still like there's a kind of nice you can can kind of vibe together and and. Um, you know, do philosophy as well as you possibly can by doing it in community in that way. Um, and then, yeah, gosh, the students, uh, that's tough. I mean, <laughs> I feel like when you're that young, you have a lot of pressure to conform and, and you're learning about yourself and you don't, you know, you don't have a strong sense of self necessarily. And so I think the best thing to do probably is to be open-minded and explore and, and uh, don't, don't rule things out. Don't rule people out. Just try, try to understand where people are coming from and explore who you are. And yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. I, I feel like if I were to talk to my younger self at that age too, it would be like, just be more open-minded about everything and yeah. just absorb everything you can take a little bit from here, a little bit from there. You figure it out along your way and you just make your own, you pave your own path based on your experiences, your influences, stuff like that. That's like a perfect yeah. age to start like molding who you are as a person yeah. when you're older. Exactly. Like if you're ruling something out in your mind, like that's a red flag, you know, like, mm -hmm. like, no, turn your head towards that thing and kind of check it out a little more carefully. Yep, exactly. Good advice, Nick. Good advice. That's cool. Um, that was an awesome in, answer. Anything in the chat, uh, Billy, 
Yes, we have a few questions in the chat. I'm going to get to them. But before, I just wanted to touch on a question that I didn't get to that. Uh, and yeah. I, I was kind of going to push it along. But now that we have a, a bit of more of time with you that I'm, I'm going to ask it. Um, the name Pelds, uh, where yeah. did it originate from? Because it's actually funny and a bit of a, a bit of a tip of the cap and uh, respect to the old crew. There was a crew in Long Beach that they were calling them with John Bellino and uh, Jeremiah Doherty, and they were calling themselves Delp. And it was like a little like tribute. I was like, why are you guys calling yourselves Delp? And they're like, oh yeah, because Peld, you know, remember Peld? I was like, oh, that's okay, I get it. But um, I didn't even know that. That makes me so happy. I I want to see the Delp section. Like, where's that? Like, let's see that video. They got to put it out. Right now, it just exists on Instagram. And they were like, Delp, Delp. And I was like, what's that? And then, yeah, so. uh, Oh my gosh. That's the best. I'll send you some stuff after Thanks for sharing that. Like, you you just made my day. That's so cool. Um, Bellino obviously is also someone who I just like admire beyond belief like Mm -hmm. just the skating is off the wall just yeah so good um uh literally off the wall with some of the wall ride things he's doing (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um uh, anyway uh yeah um so the uh I'm gonna disappoint you we're taking the meaning of Pell to the grave so no one's ever gonna know Oh, I love yeah. that. What what the origin of the word is? So we there's like a pact. No, like that's what? even better. That's that's not. Yeah. I like I like that better than you telling me where it came from. That's so yeah. cool. We've never All we've right. never told anyone where what? it comes from. I mean, we know, but um, but yeah, no no one will ever else, no one else will ever know. Maybe if you get I into love- the crew, you know, you, you will let yeah. you know. <laughs> it's a blood yeah. pact. It's like a mafia thing. Yeah. <laughs> It makes Peld so much sicker than it already was that it's like another level right there. It's like a godly level yeah. right there. <laughs> I was about to say, I also just love the fact that like, you know, packs made when young, like, or things that, you know, sometimes you can get older and you can look back and be like, oh, that's, that's silly. But the fact that you're still holding it and just like respecting yeah. those younger versions of yourself, yeah. like it's really cool to see. Yeah. Uh, I love that. That's one of my favorite answers. Okay, so I'm going to get into some of these questions that we have here in the chat. Um, Sean Michelson says, hey, Nick, huge influence on my early skating. So thank you. I was a huge fan of yours and Andy's music. Any chance of a Mellow Minds reunion someday? I feel like we've already gotten this answer, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably not. But like Andy's still in the game and we uh, he helped me. I, I mentioned that song I wrote for uh, my, my novel. A few years ago, he helped me uh, record it. Um, so, you know, we're still, you know, in a sense, we're doing some music together. Um, but I'm still trying to get Andy to give me, like, I don't really own all of our songs anymore. Because, like, the way that, like, digital music has, like, tr- transferred different platforms. And just over the, I think I might have a CD somewhere. But, like, I just really want, like, a digital file of all the stuff we did. And um, so kind of waiting for him to give me that. But that but probably not. Awesome. Yeah. I get, I get people asking me where they can get the music. Because it used to be available on MySpace. Um, like, pretty much our whole, like, all, I think we did maybe... I don't know, 15 songs we recorded, maybe more, but um, they were all on MySpace, and now they're all like corrupted files. So I don't, I don't like, I don't think it's really accessible to anyone. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can find some of them on on YouTube, but uh, but yeah. Hmm. Well, I I hope you get the CD. I know what it's like. I have a bunch of songs that are just gone in the in the mist, and it's like, oh, I'd like to have those. Yeah. But I hope you hope you do get that CD. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um. Blade Till Dead, uh, very technical question. Favorite skate setup? 
and flatter anti? Oh man. Um, you know, uh, I would say flat, um, because that always gave me the freedom to go really fast in the bowls. Um, although I have to say there was a time when I was doing anti and, um, I got to grinding the lips of the bowls. Um, so like these bowls had these pretty fat lips. I mean, right. but when you had the right wide anti-rocker setup, if you went fast enough, you could just whoosh, like, <laughs> and the longboarders would do it like with ease. They'd go around like half the bowl and it looked so cool. And that was really fun. But, um, but ultimately like it, you can't go as fast. And, um, you know, I don't know, I, maybe it's an aspect of my skating that, um, I don't think about as much, but you know, I was I was going fast a lot. Like I was a very fast blader. Um, Definitely. Even yeah. some of the wheelies that you see in the sections, you'll notice like I'm I'm kind of buzzing. You know, like I'm going pretty quick. Yeah. And um, and uh, so I like I like that power. You know, I like to go fast, um, jump off things. You know, it, you might do like a zero spin off some stairs, but land like 15 feet beyond the, the end of the stairs or something, you know, just cause it's more fun that way. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I was just like some kind of flat setup. I don't know. I'm, I, right now I have USDs because um, I had Volos forever and I just needed something new and I was, I was kind of lazy and um, just grabbed some USDs and um, yeah, I like them. All right. They're not my favorite. I'm a bit spoiled. You know, I don't, I don't have any Solomon anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I miss them. I'm sure you could put a call out and somebody would send you a pair of Solomons. They're out you, there. You, you could find Are them. They? They're out there. Yeah, they're yeah. out there. Still, totally eBay yeah. and yeah. There's still a cult following um, for those. I also just wanted to say I love that you call them wheelies and not heel rolls. I never heard right. someone like consistently call it a wheelie right. like that. I love that yeah. you call it that. I just wanted yeah, to say Yeah, I like that. it wheelies too. Um, yeah, there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of like naming uh, controversies. Like one one is the wheelies heel roll tail toe roll thing. Um, I think the general category is the wheelie. And they could be like a toe roll, a heel roll, um, right. heely, whatever. Um, and uh, the Cash other one is um, uh, like, yeah, yeah. So I, so Josh Petty and I started doing those at the same time. Um, I remember it clearly. It was a, it was an ASA um, at uh, in Orlando, and he was doing these like UFOs and then like lifting a foot. And I was like, oh, I'm doing that too, but I was doing a backside. Um, so I would do, it was on like a backside, but I, but I wouldn't, I would just come at it, you know, like, um, like Punch straight. Line. I wouldn't like lift, I wouldn't like lift my foot necessarily. Yeah. And I was calling them a slap attack um, mm. because, you know, they were, they were semi-balanced, but again, it was really about speed and kind of just like, almost like early fast slides where people were really balancing them. They were just like right. going fast yeah. and like kind of like grinding. Mm. Um, and so the early the early slap attacks were like were like that, um, but I guess I guess the other name took took hold, which I, I don't really like that name. Putz slide. <laughs> <laughs> slap attack yeah. sounds cool. I like slap attack. I like slap attack, you know. But then when people started balancing them, I mean, I, I balanced them actually a little bit, but like the real like long balance, like that's cool. Like I, I never was able to do that. Yeah, I, I like um, that, that 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 trick been through a few names. It was the slap attack. Uh, I I heard along the way somewhere. I don't know who, how or who Armageddon. Uh, oh yeah, I heard. I, never heard, I heard, that. heard. I heard Wonder Grind for it because uh, Franco did one in like a 1998 or 1999 uh, ASA in Bristol, Connecticut, and 
Arlo was like, wow, that's the uh, first time I've seen one of those balanced. What do you call it? And he was like, oh, it's a wonder grind because it's like a wonder that you can do it, right? Yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, I like putt that. Slide. Yeah. Hey, I like that too. Wonder grind is kind putt of cool. Putt slide, right? Putt slide. Yeah. Maybe that was maybe that was Petty's name for it. I can't remember what he was calling it. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it was putt slide. Yeah. And also pap schmear. Can we talk about pap schmear? It's like the, yeah. it's like the fish brain set slide that you kind of introduced. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that was the thing I started doing at the Santa Rosa Bowls. There was this middle platform and you could carve this bowl and then go down one of the snake run uh, ramps and then just like hit this mid middle section. You could air over it, but it was like one side was like a nice pop, but then the other side was like this little quick little. And so it was like super hard to land. Um, but no, I ended up doing various tricks over it but um but yeah i i realized you could kind of balance like a, a little fish brain style like cess slide i was super into cess slides i feel like that was uh another thing like um i think i was the first one to do like cess slide to grinds and stuff i would do like cess slide to kind grind down like rails or like um right. cess slide like the top of a ramp and then kind grind or mm-hmm. i mean i did other grinds too i think i did cess slide to alley fish once um which was cool. But, um, but yeah, it was just, I was into like, along with the wheelies, I was into like, well, how can we just like slide on a surface, you know, and, um, and, and maybe like balance in weird ways. And, and, uh, the one that I just found just by far the most satisfying was, um, was the, the, yeah, the sort of like cess, the, the, the sort of fish brain cess slide. Um, yeah, but those also got, I feel like got taken to a whole different level, which is very cool to watch too people spinning yeah. and stuff like or doing more like of a torque one I've, i never was able to do that um doing more of like a torque ss line yeah that's that's tough on the ankle that one especially yeah. if you're skating flat <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah yeah but i like to well, i like to do it like um i don't know in some of my sections there's like i'll do a wheelie and then come up some some stairs will be coming up but then i'll kind of like do that ss like kind of down the stairs um, yeah um, which is also like, yeah, it's just fun. Yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember seeing that, and that, and, and that, that's like the part, like what I meant, like I couldn't appreciate it till later when it was happening, yeah. and you were like doing like wheelies to like fish brains to pap schmears or whatever. Did you have a name for that? The fish brain slide is it pap schmear? Yeah, I think that's, that's what, what I farmer used to call it. You call, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think I did call it that. I don't know. Now I'm embarrassed by that, but um. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funny name. I don't know why I called it that. Um, hey, but uh, blading, you're in good company. Blading has a lot of funky names, so it's yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, not uncommon. Yeah, no, but like, no, I remember uh, it, one of the one of the funny things about like where blading is now, com- you know, compared to where it was when I was doing it, um, is that like people will see what I was doing in my section and then be like, I never noticed that you did that until like I now I'm doing stuff like that and like, yeah. you know, it just like it just went passed me before um and they're like oh, i didn't notice that you did you know like a patch me down the stairs or something like that mm-hmm. like I yeah just saw there's a um, there's a lot going on no. in your focus section like to watch that again yeah. and again there's a lot going on there that, i was just um, about to, to watch say more than once i was just about to yeah, say it's yeah. worth if you haven't watched it in 10 years it's definitely worth revisiting now especially yeah. with the kind of skating yeah. that's happening now it's a great yeah. you'll see where like a lot of the stuff that's happening today kind of came from or like where those first ideas came from so i definitely say it's worth yeah yeah check out to the um my dyna video section which i feel like it's there's not a good copy of it online um 
I found one a while back that was maybe on Vimeo, but it was um, like it had a sound delay. Mm. So yeah, if anyone wants to put that online, I haven't seen that in forever. I'd be much appreciated. Yeah. 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 It's a bummer. Like like when things aren't online, it's almost like they don't exist. Like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of skate videos that aren't online and it's like, we got, we really got as a community got to get on top of that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take it down with, with one more question um, because I, I know I know you got a meeting coming up. Um, yeah. So I, I think this is a good one to end it on. Um, best Matt Andrews story. Do, do you have one? <laughs> <laughs> I think the best ones I can't tell. Um, okay. But uh, oh man, he's such a character. <laughs> um, so like Matt and I lived in New York at the same time. That's right. Um, and he, so I w- he lived, he lived kind of all over the place, but um, uh, I think he lived in Harlem for a bit. Um, he was in the Bronx. He in the Bronx. the Bronx, yeah, in the Bronx. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so we would, we would connect now and then. Um, but, uh, you know, every once in a while, so I, I was at NYU, which is just south of Union Square. I would go up to grab the train or whatever, or go meet someone and like, you know, Matt would just be like chilling in Union Square, just like headphones on. Yes. Like, Wait, there's no I ran into him there. I ran into him there a lot. Yeah, it's crazy. I lived on yeah, 13th and, uh, and 4th, so I would see him all the time there. Yeah. Yeah. And so he just kind of did his own thing. And, and we would we would like, oh, well, let's go on a walk or something. Or let's let's hang out. Um, but like Matt and I were always uh, we bunked together. So during the whole Solomon tour era, uh, it was always he and I, you know, uh, in the same hotel room. And um, yeah, I don't know if I have like specific single stories. I mean, I, I do, but I feel like maybe not sharing them. Um, but like they're, uh, he's just like a delight and like a really rad skater and a super, super good guy. I love, I love that. I've, I've actually had that experience uh, with Matt before. I was like, I lived like a block away from Union Square and I used to like walk just in front and he'd be like, yo, and I'd be like, what? Sitting on the stairs, whatever. Just like <laughs> yeah, sitting people on the stairs, watching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, like, people watching. Because yeah. I, used I used to go to Union Square to people watch too. It's like a fun thing to do if you're in New York. Um, and I was yeah. just like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I live here now. So I've, I've definitely had that like random bump in moment with him. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so that's cool. Um, yeah. Before I yeah. let you go, I know you have a, a meeting coming up. One, um, Dr. Riggle, is that okay? I think after 149 episodes, you're the first person with the distinguished title of doctor. So All thank, right. you for, yeah. thank you for gracing our episode. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Blader Riggle. Do- Dr. Riggle. <laughs> um, and also, um, would you like to have, do you have any like less words, uh, parting words, shout outs, thank yous, anything before we let you go? Oh, just say thanks to you guys. This was really fun. You know, it's like, uh, I don't always get my memory jogged in quite this way. So it's really nice to, you know, be like bombarded with cool questions about, about the old days. And, and also, yeah, just to thanks for like the opportunity to reflect on where skating is now and where it's been. And it's just like really, it's really meaningful to think about these things and uh, be in touch with, with the community a bit more than I, than I tend to be because I'm pretty busy with the professor life and two kids and, um, you know, it's like I don't get to the skate park as much as I as I'd like to. So thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I feel like there's still so much to talk about, too, that we maybe another time when we have more yeah. more space, we can yeah. have you on and, and deep dive deeper into a lot of these things. But thank you so much for coming on. People are hyped to have you on. People are loving it in the chat right now. Thank yeah, you so good. much. 
Everybody yeah. in the chat, if you're watching or whatever it is, if you aren't subscribed to the channel already, please do so. Like the video, drop a comment, let us know what you think about this episode or who else you want us to have on the show next. But Nick, you're the man. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Austin. Thanks, Billy. Take care, guys. Thank you. And one Thank more thing you. I got to say, if you're down yeah. with Pels, then you're down with us. Down with us. Woo! <laughs> we'll end it on that one. We'll see you all later. Peace. Bye, guys. Ciao.